0: It's Alexis Haynes, and this is my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Hi, I am so excited to have Millie Moore on my podcast today. She is a pop culture enthusiast who writes for publications such as Betches. And I'm having her on today because um, I actually came across one of her articles for Betches um, titled Trashy Reality Shows from the Early 2000s that You Totally Forgot About. (laughs) And in it was pretty wild. Um, We were actually, Tess and I, were the photo at the very top. Um, So clearly she's a fan. (laughs) And um, I just loved her writing and I thought it was so cute the way that she wrote this um, this article out. Um, you know, it wasn't just about Pretty Wild. It was about awesome shows like Sunset Tan. Do you guys <laughs> remember Sunset Tan? Sunset Tan was amazing. And then what was my other favorite? Rock of Love.
1: Oh, you of love. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I liked it more than Flavor <laughs> of Love, but the comment section got so mad at me that I didn't include
0: that one. But that one's just too depressing to yeah. talk about. No, I totally, totally agree. And it wasn't just the fact that you covered us like every other publication, which is just basically poking fun at like the ridiculousness of pretty wild. Well, I still poked fun at you. You absolutely (laughs) did, um, in there and everybody should, because it was really quite something that show. Um, but you gave an awesome update that I really appreciated because not many people do that. Yeah. Um, and you did it in a funny way. So (laughs) Um, she, she says, Tess is sober, engaged, and has a baby. She sells homemade honey because, well, I don't know why, but it's a better hobby than practicing Playboy shoots with her mom. Gabby recently got married to no word on whether or not the mom got help for that tick that always made her say, and so it is. Does she still do that? Um, she doesn't. So what's her new tech <laughs> she doesn't really I she doesn't really have one now which is kind of a bummer although we're bringing back the and so it is because I figure you might as well you know if if you owned it back then I should own it now <laughs> um but I'm so happy to have you on to talk Thank about you. pop culture and media and the way that media portrays women and you know, this crazy world that we live in now Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, reality TV and all of that good stuff. And I know that you are, um, you write a lot about the Kardashians. Yeah.
1: They're like half my paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot of people hate on them. And I'm like, that's my, that's like my internet bill. Like you can't knock that. What is, what do you like about them so much? I mean, I just think they're so ridiculous. Like in the beginning, like, I don't even know how they blew up the way they did. I just don't even get how they're, like, invited to A-list parties, like, on the
0: cover of Vogue. <laughs> but, like, the whole
1: phenomenon's,
0: like, incredible. Yes. I mean, I, you can accredit that to Chris Jenner, I guess, right?
1: She's, like, an evil mastermind, I swear.
0: She she, she could very may world. well be. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, uh, to, to, to launch yourself, basically, off of a subpar first season of a reality tv show and a sex tape and turn it turn yourself into billionaires is like something incredible like
1: i mean first of all i think the sex tape was a sex crime i don't think she had (laughs) anything to do with that because like she left a pretty infamous voicemail as well i don't know if you heard that one but like she called ray j and like people say she has no talent so obviously she'd be terrible at acting so this is like all real Mm -hmm. she was like bitching him out like saying like you need to call me actually don't call me like you're a fucking loser i'll have my um lawyers get in touch with you she was just bitching him out and like you could tell she was heated and then she like this you know sounds really sassy and then ends it with you and then screams violently into the phone like loser i hate you and just like her voice like goes up to like
0: super high-pitched so violating but the way that they spun that and turned it into like an empire is pretty remarkable but
1: people still throw it in her face so that's what's insane to me
0: like yeah i don't i mean i don't so i should say that i'm a reality star that doesn't watch much reality tv so i while i know a lot about the kardashians because we're constantly like flooded with kardashian Um, Media content, like I don't actually watch the show, so I can't really give. (laughs) No one else. I don't believe
1: anyone that tries that says they don't know all three names. Like I don't believe them. I think they're just trying to sound smart. Yeah, like there's no way you don't know their names by now. Like you
0: have to. No, absolutely, they're everywhere. I'm. I just, yeah, I guess the like day to day stuff and the stuff in the, in the show, like I'm, I'm not really privy to, but I know the major, um, you know, headlines and stories and things that are coming out like that. And I think that, um, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about was with this whole Jordan Woods scandal, Jordan, woods was at tristan thompson's house and something happened nobody knows exactly what um and the way that the media portrayed jordan and was constantly talking about jordan being a homemaker and blah 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 and all of this stuff um but nobody was focusing on tristan
1: well they were like saying oh my god she's family and that's true like people have friends that are basically family but like they're definitely underscoring it more with jordan and just like they're more of like underscoring like the fact that she's like a homewrecker and stuff like that and calling her out, but then their daughter isn't going to grow up with their father in the picture like i feel like that's a way bigger deal yeah. but like they're underscoring like it's all jordan's
0: fault here's my perspective because i was a young girl running around in hollywood yeah who had some trauma mm-hmm. jordan's been through like a lot of trauma her dad died early so she's yeah a ta- you know she's she's been through a lot and and i'm not i'm absolutely not making excuses i guess what i'm just saying is that i can empathize with being in that culture and, and, and in that world and the way that it can be all consuming, do you know what I mean? Like it can really suck you in and then Mm -hmm. your inhibitions are lowered and you're a young girl at a party. And I'm thinking, you know, like where are all of her friends, where are her friends that are going? This is a bad idea. We shouldn't be here right now. You know, like it just Mm -hmm. kind of, it hurts in a way because you realize that you didn't really have true friends. Yeah. From in the beginning that had your back that were like looking out for you sure she shouldn't have been drinking she shouldn't have been out partying like that she she you well, know, I mean, shouldn't she come actually, back to his house
1: she was doing things like any other girl that's 21 would do mm-hmm. i mean 21 year olds are pretty they're generally pretty stupid um yeah i think you're <laughs> yes. still considered a kid like at that age unless you're like going through you've gone through a lot to like make yourself mature yeah. like you've looked inward a lot of them don't have the cognitive ability to, i was an idiot when i was 21 yeah. Um, but I mean, like I've heard of girls doing way worse and like, but she definitely wasn't being, she wasn't having friends that like were looking out for her. And she actually said during the red table talk, like, I don't get why any, other, none of the other girls are coming forward. Like if anything, they shouldn't have been at his house either. Yeah. They shouldn't have been partying with him either. Yeah. Everyone knows who he is. He's six foot ten. He sticks out like a sore
0: thumb. Like <laughs> it's like a giant flag to yeah. stay away because you know he's mm-hmm. disgusting. And at this point, I don't know if it really matters if they had sex or not. It's like the bottom line is that you know making those huge mistakes and breaking relationships and and things like that and 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 doing it under the influence. And I I remember this huge moment, um, back in my partying days. And I was hanging out with this guy who I actually really liked. And I gravitated to him because he was such an amazing guy. And, um, he's like a very famous comedian and he's written a ton of shows and things like that. And we're driving home the following morning and I must've done something really bad. I don't remember what it was cause I was in a blackout. Um, but he gave me this like, basically like a talking to like your dad would. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And it, it was like an kind of like an aha moment. And I realized that I could apologize or say whatever I want. Um, but he probably wasn't going to, I mean, his, his opinion of me was done. And the bottom line is you can, uh, for Jordan, who's young and who's navigating a very crazy life. I mean, Mm -hmm. being in the spotlight is insane. And especially in the middle of the scandal, as I yeah. know is crazy. Um, but if you can take this moment and just learn from it, own up to it and mm-hmm. learn from it, like, you know, and, and that's really, that's being a woman, right. Is yeah. just like acknowledging like, Whoa, I like really messed up and yeah. I'm so sorry. And, and then accepting like that they may not forgive you. Mm-hmm.
1: That's like a really tough thing to accept, but I think like more closure isn't really them not forgiving you. I think it's more of just, like, kind of forgiving yourself first of all mm-hmm. and, like, accepting what you could have done differently and I think just, like, really being introspective and owning up to your shit. It's hard
0: being a Jordan Woods in this day and age and, yeah. and being young and and um, with all of the parting and all of that, have you ever experienced, or can you relate to that in any way? You know, when I was in high school, I was definitely like a floater and stuff like that. So I
1: actually like, I wasn't super popular or anything, but like, I think there was just like a lot of stuff that I was going through that I didn't know that I was dealing with. And from like 14 to like 21, I actually had an Adderall problem. Um, I was actually prescribed it. I got diagnosed with ADHD, like the worst case you can have. And they gave me like a Um, the same dosage they would give LeBron James. And like, I'd come to them and be like, I'm feeling anxious, like I'm feeling depressed. And they never said like, oh, it's because the Adderall, they were just like, nope, it's you. And they just kept prescribing me more and more stuff. And like, so basically I kind of got ensconced in that and I felt like really just out of touch with who I was. And like my last reference point, like when I was 20, 21 is when I was in eighth grade, which is actually pretty insane to me. And, you know, like when I graduated high school, like, I mean, like I was probably like the least glamorous drug user, if you think about it, like I wasn't cool. Um, But I went off, like I had a gap year in England and I went off and partied a lot in college. And like, I honestly just thought it was normal to like be completely you know like drinking a ton of like do- double vodka red bulls and stuff like that and like smoking a ton of weed like i thought it was normal to, to feel just like completely detached from reality like mm-hmm. i didn't get what else, everyone else was experiencing
0: it, it can spiral out of control and i think yeah. that there's something in all of us that can like i think that the vast majority of people have been through phases partying phases in their life yeah and
1: so but it's definitely glamorized and you think oh it's normal
0: Yes, you do for a long time until you end up in a scandal. And a lot of the times it's not, I mean, the majority of the time it's not publicized the way that Jordan's was, but you know, something happens and then you realize like, wow, this is bad. And I need to stop. Uh Um, And so what was that moment for you? I didn't even know I was capable
1: of feeling this um, because I had ADHD. So I thought like, oh, like I'm totally not going to experience this. I don't have to deal with any of the bad side effects or anything. First of all, I didn't even know, like, people used Adderall for fun until I was, like, 18, 17. Um, But um, you experienced psychosis, which is, like, the worst case possible. And, like, I came out with, like, unscathed. I was just, like, hearing voices and stuff like that that weren't there. Um, And I actually wasn't even taking the highest doses at the time. I would, like, take, like, 10 milligrams. But, like, it can literally happen whenever. Mm -hmm. And so... that literally was, meth yeah I had <laughs> no literally idea in a pill form the only the reason I stopped taking it is like it's kind of like an allergic reaction like you stop taking something when you have an allergic reaction it's like your brain's having an allergic reaction yeah. like that's how my doctor explained it to me so I didn't feel so like wha- like such a freak even though I did but like you feel like you're like crawling inside your skin yeah. when you get off
0: bed so it's for like yeah. a year yeah you know, I know, but Adderall, <laughs> Adderall I is- really, really know. I mean, especially with the doses that they're giving today. Cause now it's like, doctors aren't like, here's the lowest dose. Just take it like maybe once a day. They're like, here's 50 milligrams. Like they, it's like, it's so I've hearing from my friends who like have anxiety. Right. And it's like, their doctors are like, here's a moderate to high dose. Like some of my friends have prescribed prescribed like five uh, milligram Ativan twice a day. That's a lot of Ativan. But that's like a lot to like put yourself through after. Yeah. Like to, if you ever want to get off it, you're
1: kind of a slave to it. Like yeah, you when to I taper. first went through it, like my hair was like falling out of my hair, head in oh like chunks. God. Like, I don't know if that happened to you, but like you, hair loss is a thing with it. And then like, Adderall, all, oh. it's just like, um, you know, first of all, you don't have like that really, really fast metabolism anymore. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much it took to even write a paper like before, like it was pretty much like beforehand, like it was basically, I could write like a 20 page paper in like four hours or something. And like, it was kind of tantamount to like sending an eighth grader to law school when mm-hmm. I went back to college. Like I did not have the mental capacity as much to do that, but also what's the worst part is like, you feel like it's this dark cloud, like over your head. Cause like when you're, um, I don't know if you experience this, but when you're in battle with drugs, like you either, you're never, you don't really ever feel an in-between, like you do feel apathy because you're just like completely detached from reality. But like, you never, there's no spectrum of emotion. That's either like, you're super happy. happy or that's you're like, super or it's like you're euphoric or like you're angry. You never feel yeah. like a mix of stuff. Like I hadn't felt like, you know, nor like a multifaceted emotion, like where I'm like sad, but like, you know, empathetic or something like that in forever. Like I was literally, I still to this day, I don't know if you experienced this, but like, I'm still learning how to do certain stuff, like without using a drug or something like that. Like I'm still learning like kind of like how to stick up for myself or like stuff like that. Then it's like drugs kind of like stunted that, but that was, I'm going off the tangents. Um, no, fine. <laughs> that was like the first like really dark few months, but I didn't really, I just thought like, oh, I'm off of it because I experienced psychosis. That's it. And so then this is going to sound really counterintuitive, but I was living in a roommate at the time who was an awful influence. Um, And she took me to some guy's house and we did cocaine. It was my first time ever doing cocaine, actually. And literally, I was like two, I bet I party before I've taken like MDMA and stuff like that, but like never cocaine. And I was like, how do I snort something? Like, just give me a tutorial. And these guys were like finance guys. And so they obviously did a lot of cocaine. And so I was literally like able to keep up with them. And like, I had really bad hiccups and stuff like that, but I was kind of just like, and like nosebleeds and stuff like that. But like, I was able to like keep up with them if not do more. And I was like, this, take, this is kind of like, this is the same experience as Adderall. Oh, like mm-hmm. I had no idea. Like I was just like, why do I feel like I just took a 10, like the same amount of Adderall yeah. that I would before field hockey. So you're process. just
0: replacing like one drug with another, but you don't realize you weren't but I didn't like, get ad- aware of it. Yeah.
1: But like, I didn't get addicted to anything. Okay. I was like, Oh my God, I actually hate this feeling. Oh, like yeah. I was kind of just like, why? Like, I was just like, why does this feel so familiar? And I was like, this is no different than what I felt for like seven or eight years, like every day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is miserable. And so then I went to my shrink and I was like um a couple months later and was like, I think I was a lot higher than I actually was. And like there's like these aha moments like, um, this one actually involves you. Um <laughs> So oh, I wanted to
0: hear how this goes. So I watched You're pretty out your wild, shrink.
1: <laughs> so I watched Pretty Wild when I was a party girl um in college the first time around, um, like part one basically. Um, and I thought it was super funny. I thought it was super relatable, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still find it relatable. Anyone who related to me back then was in deep shit. A couple of years later, when I got off of it, for some reason, you came to mind. I was like, "Whatever happened to her?" Because I think I saw you on social media or something, like one of your old clips. And like, because people are still obsessed with like your phone call. I don't know. Like, I can't believe it's yes. like it's
0: t- ten years later. Crazy to me too. It's. Been you 10 only years. you
1: only were on 10 episodes but people yeah. like still freak out over it like it's because it's that iconic <laughs> so then I re-watched it like with full acknowledgement that like you had a drug problem mm-hmm. and then I like read up on you more and I was like oh my god wait this is what I used to be like and I was just mm-hmm. like wow like this is not like this is like kind of looking at myself in the mirror except mm, well like you had like a completely on like surface level, like you had like a way more glamorous experience. You were on a reality mm-hmm. show, you were modeling, you were. But I was really
0: living in a best Western. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, underneath it all, like, yeah. I mean, I was like not living nearly as glamorous of a life, but like we, there there's some synchrosities for sure. Like underneath it all, like whether you have like this Hollywood facade or like this New Yorker girl facade or like this college chick facade, or even like ensconced in your room, like have no friends not even a facade like you're just like you literally like it's all different kind of facade but like once facade like called out for a facade i keep saying facade (laughs) you realize you see like what's actually there and i was just like
0: oh my god i relate way too much my old stuff relates way too much the underlying issues are always the same, like that's the thing that we talk about in recovery a lot. Is that like my story yeah. may be different, but my yeah. but the feelings and the underlying issues are usually the same. You know, and yeah, it's usually very um, similar, and that's how people kind of relate to each other on that level.
1: Well, yeah, and then the funny thing is, I actually went to my shrink, and like I was just like, you know, I was just watching this reality show, and I think this actually like resonated with me, like because I think people saw what was going on on the surface, like it kind of feels like you're on, six feet under in a bunker and your evil twins walking around mm-hmm. a little bit. But I was like explaining to him and I was just like, so there's this girl, she had a reality show and she was in part of the thing called The Bling Ring. And he goes, are you talking about the movie? And he, he, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, why do you know about it? And he goes, that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> he' was yeah. like I really like Sophia Coppola but like I did not like that movie yeah he's just like they seemed so vapid and I actually like looked up I didn't watch
0: the movie I <laughs> have not watched the movie either so we're on the same page with that
1: I like <laughs> explained it to him and I was like I think I had like a come to Jesus moment like you have a lot of come to Jesus moments when you like recover from something like that like you're just like wait like I actually like I'm struggling a lot more than I thought like, Or even just, like, I kind of, with even, like, for instance, dating, I'm just, like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm going to, like, cry at the drop of the hat, like, if Mm -hmm. something goes wrong or I'm going to get involved with someone who doesn't treat me well, but I think I deserve it. Because, like, whether you, I, like, was, like, the most ignorant person ever of my drug problem, like... I didn't know what was going on with me. I just thought I deserved to be treated like shit mm-hmm. because I thought I just knew, like deep down, there was something like yeah. completely wrong with There's me. There's No self-esteem. and Like you feel even a lot if of people shame. like want to be that are legitimately good people want to be your friend or like want to support you, you keep them at arm's length. Like yeah, because you don't think you deserve it. Even like after I had the experience, like coming off of it, like you think you deserve it even after because you just feel so ashamed of like what you were like then. But then I realized, like, oh, my God, wait, I'm not that girl if I date again. Like, I'm not going to cry at the drop of a hat. Like, I'm not going to, like, if I want to, I don't have to get involved with a shitty person again. Um, But, like, just stuff like that. Like, I realized, like, how detached I am from actually what it was seven years ago. Um, But sometimes, like, I literally forget that. I don't know about you, but, like, I forget that's me. Like, I can't believe that happened, like, so long ago. Um, But now oh, there's like days where I just like kind of fixated over it and I'm just like obsessed with it and then there's times where I just like do ruminate and like I realize how much I've learned
0: but like it really depends on the day it's a day-to-day thing still it feels like a lifetime ago for yeah. me. like I, I I um like I have a lot of compassion for that person mm-hmm. um and I have a lot of um I went through like a phase of like really a lot of sadness and a lot of shame and then eventually it turned into like anger and pain and then um, some compassion and, um, and, you know, just acknowledgement that, that, um, of how far I've come, you know, and things like that. And I think that that, that's so, um, that's so important to have, have for ourselves. Um, so I wanna ask you about um since you're a writer and you're on the other side of things from yeah. me, like what have been some of you live in New York, I know that. Mm-hmm. What are some of like your what have been like the highs of your career so far? Oh god. Um <laughs> like your favorite moments.
1: Um I made this um quiz called, Are you a train wreck?
0: 18 signs that you are. You're included. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're the voice in all of our heads, like yeah. what we're really thinking. Like Thank that's God. that's how I how I view it and um I really love it. I when I first read your pieces I'm like, are you sure she's not like some 18-year-old girl that or some girl that grew up in the valley in the 90s? Like I, I that's literally how I felt. Like I just I really I like your voice in your writing you. and I think it's really funny and um interesting and Yeah, and I It's more of a
1: caricature of yourself. Like it's more of just like kind of almost screenwriting or anything than journalism. Like Yeah, that's what it seems like to me too. Yeah, like I would never write for like us weekly or people, not that they're even banging on my door. (laughs) (laughs) Like I even applied to places like that more state the obvious or something like that, or places that aren't even that funny, like and I get rejected because they're just, like, this is
0: more of satire than actual, like, fact. I feel like you should be, like, a ghostwriter for, like, all of these um, celebrity books that are coming out. Like, I really feel like you should, because you can, I feel like you can emulate the voices and the characters and stuff so well. Well, that's because I've been reading, I've been reading celebrity gossip. I'm not talking, like,
1: Pop Magazine or, like, J-14. Yeah. Like, I'm talking, like, I had, like, an Us Weekly subscription when I was eight or nine like my third grade and like fourth grade homework starting then like it would have like I would be talking about celebrities and I got like in huge trouble for it (laughs) and then I started watching reality tv when I was in Mm. middle school my mom was just like you're fucked like you can't talk about this in job interviews like you need to start reading actual books and I do um and I consider myself pretty intelligent um and I think it actually does take a certain kind of intelligence to do this, and like being someone's head and like kind of speak to like the girls that read betches yeah, and stuff like that. It's
0: not easy. And when I was writing for Vice magazine for a while, like it definitely, it, it's not the easiest thing to do. And I was just writing like opinion pieces, like yeah. that, uh, about you know addiction and recovery and things like that. It's, it's definitely not something that that's super easy. Um, you know, I I think that. Um, that the media today because so many people rely on these types of publications over the actual news like they actually care more about like pop culture than like what's going on in the world um that's why
1: trump is president
0: that definitely plays a role i mean kim was at the white house Uh, yeah it's kind of all a spectacle and i feel like the the world really likes to um Likes to be entertained. Like, we're so Mm -hmm. used to being entertained all of the time now that when we're not being entertained, it feels abnormal, Mm -hmm. you know? So, most people are getting their news from places like John Oliver or um, Bill Maher and things like that over watching CNN or, you know, your local news channel. I mean, I remember when we finally got Bin
1: Laden. (laughs) I can't believe I'm bringing this up on this podcast, but (laughs) I didn't care, like, what was going to happen in the news. Like, I was just like, I'm so excited to watch the Colbert report and
0: see his reaction. <laughs> see What he says. Yeah. And, yeah. And he we was so funny. That, we're in that place now. And, and it's kind of crazy. The, the, um, and it'll be interesting to see with the next generation, like how, how this all plays out. And I think that, um, that uh, some would say, it's important and and these publications then have a responsibility a certain responsibility but then i would respond with but it's comedy it's yeah. it's, it's like I come don't... on like we can't possibly be putting that responsibility on on pop culture and 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 that that area of media it's a fine line I guess is what I'm saying that it's a fine line between um, entertainment entertainment yeah and and actual like news
1: well I mean I feel like it's all like coming blurred together I mean like for instance like anyone can become a celebrity these days like there's actually like a lot of blurred lines like you never really know if you're like you think you're standing next to like a normal person and they could actually be like you know twitter verified or instagram verified mm-hmm. or something like feels like all these lines are now blurred because like media is so ubiquitous and like people want to hear what other people have to say and stuff like that i mean it's like a good thing but it can to be a bad thing yeah but i mean it's a good thing for the kardashians but like mm-hmm. um but i mean like if you really think that like entertainment like what i write for instance for betches is like the go-to source like i think you like my uncle he watches reality tv with my youngest cousin and he's just like i'm there like as a guiding light to teach her that dance moms is actually not okay and i think that's actually <laughs> educational for her to see dance moms in front of her mm-hmm. and i wish my mom did that with reality tv when i was younger otherwise i wouldn't have taken six years to graduate college <laughs> um but uh i think like i thought it was normal to like party that hard and stuff like that but um i think that like if you have like a some, like, parental control or someone, like, overseeing it, like, even if you're, like, in your 50s and, like, you get offended by this stuff or think it's real, like, I think that you need to really understand, like, it's satire. Like, if you yeah. want the news, reality go TV- to CNN. Yeah,
0: and that reality TV isn't real, really real. Nick Vile said it's staged, not scripted. Do you agree with that? That's precisely it. So I talk about this a lot, like, the... Um, the- <laughs> Uh, infamous Nancy Joe call like, that, first of all, that wasn't take one. Let's just go for it. That oh, was yeah. take after take after take after take after recording after recording. Was until it because I our was- broke? Well, yeah, like, it was, like, a whole, it was a whole number of things going on. Yeah. um, Until I broke, and then that was what they used. Until I broke, my mom broke, my sisters, everything. Not to say that it wasn't a stressful situation. It absolutely was. Like, she completely lied and led me along, and it was horrible. Um, Another example that I give is, like, when our dog is lost. Our dog wasn't really lost. Yeah. Like, Someone had the dog in the garage, and Wait, we were freaking out that <laughs> the mean, dog was lost. But the dog wasn't really lost. So I think that while people want to think like that, Instagram, that all social media and all media in general is real life. It's not at all real life. I think that um, what what people are choosing to show is is fabricated. That's not real. It's life. a
1: highlight reel. It's not actually. What's happening yeah. in front of you People are multifaceted.
0: I think most people see me on Instagram, a happy mom, two kids, live in a yeah. big suburban house. You know what I mean? And people are are there. They see that, mm-hmm. you know, on my page. But if you actually like, open one of my photos on my Instagram, yeah, like, there's always like. I'm always talking about things that I'm learning about or things. Don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, I put a, you know, cute selfie and yeah. oh, cute, you know, Can't blame you. Um, but, <laughs> but I am a millennial. Um, but at the same time, like I really try to provide, um, people with like a real life, like look, like a yeah. real look into my life. And I think that that's really important um, for people to start doing, especially people. I feel, what I feel like is that anybody can become Instagram famous, but that they don't understand the responsibility that comes with that. So I just really absolutely love your writing and I think it's so funny. Um, I want to have you read that little excerpt from the the article that, um, where you talked about Pretty Wild.
1: Okay, so uh, this one's, a lot of people liked because um, it's, it's when i got really really angry because i get angry when i think about it <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> it passed off as a joke because everyone because i was actually pissed when i wrote it um i said i can't believe lauren conrad who has the charisma and cloying innocence of an american girl doll has built an empire and remains in the public eye while the girls from pretty wild have mostly faded into oblivion oh my- obviously that's not totally the case but like i can't name one interesting thing about lauren conrad also when she you know had a baby photo shoot for like the first pictures of her baby like she had a baby yeah oh i can't believe i still know all this but it was the worst selling us weekly cover because she was just so boring like she's not a lot of she's not fun to write about like you're fun to write
0: about Yes, we certainly did provide a, um, a good level of, um, entertainment, entertainment value. Yeah. Even absolutely. in like just 10 episodes, like I <laughs> yes. still can't believe that there was a lot going on in those 10 episodes. And, and what's so funny though, is that had you seen or had they been recording what was going on before that time, it was like just as crazy, really, like, really the things that we were doing were absolutely insane. I need to know more. <laughs> We can talk about it what, later. <laughs> I mean, I
1: saw this um, Instagram model. She just even tweeted the other day. This girl has like almost a million followers. She tweeted, um, if Pretty Wild had more than one season, my life would be a thousand times better. And first of all, this girl's like <laughs> playing probably playing flying private had a good has a good looking boyfriend who's also a model and you want another season of the show. first of all i do too but like she's just oh. like it <laughs> on pretty wild even though she was way too young to even be watching i'm sure she didn't watch it then but like yeah people still are talking about it like
0: no I one forgot messaged. about people it people are like well, how can i watch pretty wild i'm like oh i don't know itunes um it's on itunes and it would be <laughs> i love you <laughs> I haven't. And it would be, I think it would be really interesting if we could do like a pretty wild reunion or, you know, like a season two. Well, the
1: thing is like, it would be completely different now if you were um, on TV now. Yeah, but we still
0: do lots of crazy shit. Like we still have very um, like wild lives. It would just be a matter of if the people who are like that make it so wild would want to be in it. You know what I mean? They have to. Like, if you could they need actually. It back. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming in, sitting, My and chatting pleasure. with me. This was awesome. And I am just so in love with the way that you write. And I think thank it's you. super cool. I really appreciate it. It means the world. <laughs> and so
1: it is.